0: Okay, so we are on dapa daf hayim Aleph. Four lines, four lines down from the top. So we mentioned we left off yesterday with the idea that it's important to say Kriyashma and this is regardless whether you've been yotze the mitzvah, saying the night before. There's an added component, something good that you should um, you should say Kriyashma Mita. So today we're going to pick up four lines down, hay Aleph, right in the middle of the line. I'm a uh I'll just preface today's DAF is very intense, a lot of agarata. Um let's read the words. A person should always be Margiz, his Yatsar Tov al Yatsar Haras. So what does that mean, hargiz? So the hargiz means it seems to translate the word like you're you you making a war. The hargiz means you're almost inciting. You're, you're 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 pushing back on the Yatzar. The Yatzara pushes on you, he fights you, you fight back. The Lagone used to say that it says in the Gemara Ola, you always do that. means you always do that, even after you lost. Dafka after the Yeter got you, and you fall, then then you push back. You push back and you start more wars. Sheneh where do we get this pasuk? So we have this pasuk. L'ra'gez, means to start the war, and you won't come to sin by pushing the Yitzhar Tov on him. Pushing the Yitzhar Tov on him means, I'll let me do something that you're not going to like. So imnitzlo, if you beat him with that muta, that's great. That uh, that's been the solution has been reached. From Lab, let's say. You're still falling, even after you've you've been fighting with the Eitz Ratzol. Yasek Torah. Then the the solution is to learn Torah. And Amar Imru Bilavachem. Say in your heart. Those are the next words in the pasuk. The pasuk says Rigsu about Techtorim Levachem Meshkaf and So we're 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 we're, um, we're analyzing it word by word. So if you won, good. If not, you learn Torah. Imru Bilavachem. Saying Torah is a reference. Is a reference. Imru Levachem is a reference to learning Torah. If you beat him, good. If you didn't beat him after learning Torah, a person should read the Shema. by your bed. What's the type of Torah you do by your bed? That's Kriya So you should say the Shema because Shema is the ultimate acceptance of Hashem. So, so that should help a person. If he wins, good. What's the last resort? As the eights are not to come to sin, so a person should contemplate about what's going to happen after death. Be silent forever, eternally silent. That's the idea, an allusion to the, the afterlife. So that's the, the different steps that we have in the, to implement in fighting the eights, the eights are, are Harah. Either you should start being mismarged the eights are tov against him, you start learning, you start reading Kriyishma, and finally, if not, uh, contemplate death. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Levi bar Hamashu and Lakish. This is something else that the same names we're mentioning. Something else he said. My what's the meaning of the pasuk? This is pasuk of Parshas Mishpatim. Moshe Rabbeinu describes all the things that he took down from Har Sinai. So it says in the pasuk, "V'ne'elachas luchos And he got the, the, the luchos of stone, the tablets, the Torah and the Torah, and the mitzvah. Safti that was I wrote that Hashem wrote, to instruct the Jewish people. So there's many words here that we can expound. Luchos the Moshe received the tablets. That's a reference to the asheres Adibras. And you clearly see in our Gemara that the asheres Adibras are a category unto themselves—a very questionable point. But it seems like in the Gemara, like that. Torah is a mikra. Torah is a reference to all of Scripture. The Hamitzvah zu mishnah. Hamitzva is a reference to mishnah. Okay, so that Moshe received that at Sinai as well. Asher that I wrote elu via Muksuvin. So normally we say scripture is a reference to all of Tanakh. Here you see that Torah is a category unto itself and Asher and Nach is a category separate. Mikra, what is read, that is the Torah. For example, in Shul you have to read all of the Torah at one point during the year. Navi is, is written down, but it's not something which is read. So that, hence the difference in the categories between Navim and Xufim versus Torah. Lehorosum, to instruct them, Zegimara. this is a reference to Gemara. Because Gemara is the way we get not only the background to the halacha but in the Gemara you get the p'sak as well from here in the Pasuk Mishpatim, Mishpatim itself, you see that all the Torah came to Sinai. So if there's any, ever any criticism, any critics who come and say, hey Moshe, where'd you get all these halakhas from? And you're saying God told you, but who said? You could show them that in scripture itself, in Parshas Mishpatim, there's a bunch of extra words which relate to Moshe bringing down all these extra things besides the tablets. So it must be that you see all of these things were given to Moshe Sinai. We are on the first very wide line, Hamad Aleph. Amr, so continuing the value of Anyone who does he 's holding a double edged sword The power of a double edged sword is that it 's greater and it 's not Stam that he has a tool and implement the fight, but he has a double edged sword. There are those who explain the double edge is that it 's good for the previous day and good for the upcoming day it 's a double edged sword it gives you a good Reflection on what happened yesterday, and it also prepares you mentally for waking up the next morning. So it's a double-edged sword, and we base this off the pasuk that we recite in Shukr the Zimr every single morning. So they sing to God, the praise of God are in their throats, and the double-edged swords are in their hand. So my mashma, that's great. But how do I see that has anything to do with Shema? I see there's a value in singing to God and having a double-edged sword, but where do I see that comes from saying the Shema? I see it from the beginning of the Palsach. So Yuranu al-Mishkavosam means they are singing by their beds. In Basrei, right after, the pasuk continues, from that they're holding the double-edged sword in their hands. So singing by their bed is a reference to Shema. The continuation of the pasuk of the double-edged sword is therefore saying that reading Shema on your bed is like giving you the ability to hold the double-edged sword before going to sleep. Says the Gemara, Amar Rabbi Yitzchakol HaKori Kriyosh Maal Mitats for another value, Mazikin B'delem Imenu. Mazikin, the demons, they don't, they separate from you, they don't start off with someone who says, Kriyosh Maal Mitash, we have a Pasuk, where is the Pasuk in Iyuv? Uv'nei Reshef biu uuf. So we have V'nei Reshef, which we're going to interpret as a reference to demons and Uf as a reference to Torah. So Uf removes the demons. A person removes his eyes from Torah, takes his eye away from the ball. He forgets. That's a reference to Torah that requires constant study. So that's a Paschek in Hazinu. Ketav Meriri is known to be a great demon, Mr. Ketav Meriri. So that we interpret that all the beginning of the Posik as well, Reshef is a reference to demons. So the way we're interpreting now the Posik in Eov is that demons are removed through, off, through Torah. So, they, so, so they, I'm sorry, through Kriya Shema Alamita, but we're saying in, in, in general Torah, I guess Kriya Shema Alamita is, after all, a study of Torah. So, Rabbi Yitzchak is saying that it keeps the demons away. Rabbi Shuman Ben Lakish says, takes it away from saying Kriya Shema Alamita, he broadens it, he makes it more general. Anyone who delves in Torah, Yisurin, stay away from him. Mar ubnei uf, that same Pasuk. Uf so he's doing the same exact teaching, just instead, instead of specifying it's a reference to Kriya Shema Alamita that keeps away the demons, Rish Lakish is broadening it and saying learning the Torah. And you really see this a lot in, in Masechah's Barakos, that there's, there's a duality to reading Shema. Shema is both, acceptance of the yoke of heaven, but it's also simply learning Torah. The Gemara often says that the smallest amount of Torah that a person can do every day is simply say Kriya So it's a little bit of both. And here you see that, that struggle here. Is it learning Torah that keeps away the demons? Or is it Kriya that keeps away the demons? So we have two opinions. So look at Rabbi Yochanan, what he says to Reish Lakish. Rabbi Yochanan was very tough with Reish Lakish. Dua, his brother-in-law. Here's one of those examples. Amalei Rabbi Yochanan, ha this statement that you just said, I feel like you know, any small school child knows. You're expounding at a difficult drusha, a pasuk, an eel. It's an intuitive thing. Every little Jewish kid knows that. It's a pasuk in the Torah. What does Hashem say in Parsha? If you listen to the voice of Hashem, your God. You do what is straight in His eyes. You keep all the statutes of God. What does God promise? All of the sicknesses that I place in Mitzrayim, I will not place on you. I am God, your healer. So we see clearly Hashem heals anyone who listens to the Torah and mitzvahs. So demons are a sickness, a form of sickness. So well, obviously, if you do the right thing and you learn Torah and you do the mitzvahs, Hashem will protect you from the demons. You don't need complicated drushas from the psukim and eeov to make that point. So teach me something I don't know. So it says, Rabbi let me tell you something. This is a very scary point. He says, not that a person learns Torah, but a person who has more opportunity to learn and he doesn't take advantage. Hakolish baruch who maybe all of yisurin baruch who brings upon him yisurin which are, you know is things of sicknesses and problems that are disgusting and repulsive. Mm-hmm. So because I was silent from tov, I got discussing repulsive uh, sicknesses. So what is tov? The tov torah. Because I was silent from tov means I was silent from learning the good. The good is torah. Where do we see that the good is torah? for I've given you a good, to, a good lekach, a good purchase. Torah, don't abandon my Torah. So we see that tov is a reference to Torah. So the Pasik is saying because I was silent from Torah, I had all these repulsive sicknesses come upon me. So we see here Rabbi is saying a much further point. Forget about the positive impact that learning Torah cures sicknesses. Something much more. If a person doesn't learn Torah as much as they could, brings on them the scariest sicknesses. Now the Gemara continues on the theme of Torah being good. Amir Look how different the way HaKadosh Baruch acts than the way people act. What's the way we act? When a person is forced to to, to sell something, he's liquefying his assets. But when you sell something, you're sad, meaning you needed the money, but you're sad that you lost what you had to sell. But the pronoun but made the purchase is happy, so we're not really talking about eBay here. We're talking about a concept of, of 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 needing to liquefy assets. Meaning, the point is you need cash, so you need to sell something. But you're selling an asset. The asset has value to you, so the mocher is sad and the lokeach is happy because he gained another asset. Aval kol baruch who ain't okay. God is not like that. Nelson in the Torah he feels. Even though he, he gave us the Torah, of he's still happy. He comes along and he says, please, keep my Torah. So we see this very powerful point that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is misamech. How do we see that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is misamech? Because he's like going over to the one who purchased it and he's, he's trying to say, here, look how good it is. You could do this with it, you could do this with it. Don't abandon it, appreciate it. So it seems like a Baruch Hu is so happy to give us the Mecca. It's a great deal and then he's a part and, and he's a part of what we do with it. And therefore, it's meant to like inspire us to be more, um, to take more opportunity to, to learn, says the Gemara. So now we're going to learn a new concept, and let me just preface that the concept here is one of the most difficult, that all of the great, you know, this is theology a little bit today. It's one of the most difficult concepts, the concept of Yesuri. What does God? We believe in justice. So if we believe in justice, that means if a Kalish Baruch who brings something bad upon a person, there must be a very specific reason. So we're taught different things. There's schar, there's onesh. And even in this world, there's a concept of schar and onesh. Sometimes we have the concept that a Kalish Baruch who says the real schar and onesh is allah ma'bah, but there's a concept of justice as well in this world. We don't always understand it, but there's a concept. Today we're going to learn in a Gemara, there's a concept of Yesu and Shalahava, that a person loves a person, Hashem loves us, and out of his love, he brings us pain. Not necessarily because we were getting punished, but out of love. And how do we understand the concept of Yesur and Shalahava? So there are many right that simply, it's not that necessarily we've done something wrong, but either that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is trying us more than we deserve to give us more schar, if we can somehow withstand it, or it means that there are certain types of things that we're connected to in this world that aren't sins per se, but there are very Gashmi, we're very connected to the world. So in order to be elevated above, to bring us even more schar from the basic Gashmi level of this world, HaKadosh Baruch Hu could theoretically, out of love, bring us Yisur. Other people understand that there's a concept of a tzaddik who is on such a high level that HaKadosh Baruch Hu can give him pain and he could atone for all the bad things happening in the world. Which is an extremely powerful concept, that it's not necessarily personal. One person can be punished and endure Yesurim and can atone for a community. Something like that, which is a very, very hard concept. These are concepts with the greatest philosophers in the Rishonim, Akronim, all struggle to really come to terms with. But this is the theme that we learned. So let's see what goes on. A person who sees that he has Yesurim, he sees that painful things are happening to him. So the first thing to do, b'masa. first thing you do is examine if you have an aver. Because that's the simplest sense of justice. We say this pasuk in that we examine our ways, we look at what we do, we examine them, and then we do Teshuvah. But a person looks, and he can't find so, when what? You should assume it's because of Bitol Torah. What does it mean you should assume it's from Torah? Some people learn it means that he should say, I'm not learning enough, that's why I'm getting punished. Some people say it means he should assume that the reason he can't find his Averos is because he's not a big enough Torah scholar to find the Averos. You have to be very learned to know what you're doing wrong sometimes. Praiseworthy is the person that God afflicts, and we Torah's Dinu. It's from the Torah that he becomes taught this. Sometimes you need the Torah to realize why you're being afflicted. Let's say no. A person is still he was a big Torah scholar and he still couldn't find the avera. Then be a Jewish he should just understand that it's out of Hakadosh Baruch love. It's not for a specific reason, but this person is being it's showered with God's love, and that's why he has the pain. To so those who God loves, those are the people that He that He that He punishes. Anyone who HaKadosh he desires. What does he do? He literally crushes him with yesurin. Maybe this is true if a person doesn't recognize it. And this is the scariest part. Maybe the purpose of HaKadosh Baruch love can be fulfilled even if we don't get it. So we complain and we're bitter against God. But maybe, HaShem, it still, it still works and we get a lot of schar. Talmud Lomar, no. A person put places his mind to realize the guilt in his soul. Asham ladas, just as a guilt, like something like that, bringing a karma asham when you sinned, is only if you do it consciously. You're aware of the sin. Avyasur and ladas. They only work to give you the deep schar if it's ladas, if you're mindful of the fact that sometimes it might come out of a Kodesh love. If in fact you are merkabel the yisurin, that there is a sense of Hashem's love, what is your reward? So the pasuk goes on to say, he sees children, Yamim, he has longevity. So having children and longevity, below oh, not only those two things, Whatever he learns, he is able to retain the information. Okay, so wow, so the one who Hashem desires in his hand, he is successful. That's a reference that he remembers the Torah, so he gets very very powerful brachos. Now the Gemara continues that maybe there's a sense of Yesur and which will which you'll be able to find the love. Meaning you'll be in pain, but you'll find the love that the most important things in life you'll still be able to do. So the Gemara explains what an example that is. What's an example Yes, you have affliction, but you're still able to learn well. In other words, the afflictions that come don't stop you from learning. If that's the type of Yisurin, then you know that they're out of Hashem's love. <speaking in Hebrew> that Hashem, praiseworthy, is the person who gets, who gets plagued by Hashem, but is still able to learn. So meaning, if it's past that, if you see that the Yisurin remove your ability to learn, let's say a person, the- theoretically, his mind can't concentrate from Yisurin or something like that, so he can't learn, then you know it's not Shalahava. It's actually a punishment out of a sin. But if he still retains its ability to learn, then it could make sense that it's out of Hashem's love. That he still retains his ability to daven, so that's a different perspective. Still, as long as he's still able to daven, then you should understand it's out of Hashem's love. But if he's stripped even from the ability of davening, then he should understand it's not Yisurin It must be a punishment for something that he has done. blessed He hasn't removed my ability to daven. So where is that pasuk? That's in Dalem. David Melech is saying that even though Hashem is punishing me, I feel. Pain from Hashem, but Baruch Hashem, that I could still Davin. What does Davin mean? He means because I could still Davin, then it must be that the Yisurin are out of Hashem's love. And that's why I could still Davin, so he finds more meaning in the Yisurin. Says the Gemara. No, not necessarily true. Even if a person can't learn and even if a person can't daven, the Yasurin still might be out of love. Those who God loves, he punishes. What's the point? That the Yisurin are connected to Torah. If sometimes the Yisurin take away your ability even to learn, then what does it mean to me Torah? It doesn't mean that a person can continue to learn, but it means that we learn from the Torah that Yisurin are of Hashem's love. How do we learn this from the Torah? Where does, does it say in scripture that a person can get punished from Hashem out of an expression of Hashem's love? What's the halacha? If a person owns a slave, a Kenani slave, if, if, the, if the tooth or the eye of the slave is knocked out, then what happens? If it's knocked out by the master, then the, the, the slave has the right to go free. He has the right for freedom if he loses one limb. So we can make a kavachomer. It's only one limb. If he loses one limb, he has the right for liberation. Yesurin shabarachin kol guv So from Baruch Which are the entire guf. They affect and afflict the entire body Al achas kama v'kama All the more certain And this is the key It gives us the right for liberation Freedom What does it mean freedom? We are all And Marshall explains very deeply here We are all avadam of Baruch Hu. Out of slaves to HaKadosh Baruch, Hu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Theoretically has the right to do whatever he wants to us We don't deserve anything in life We're all slaves but if HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us yesurin, then it's like we had our tooth or our eye knocked out even more. It's like our whole body. So that gives us the right to be free. The right to be free means that we're no longer HaKadosh Baruch Hu's avadin, but to feel the ultimate thing that we're HaKadosh Baruch Hu's children. And then Hashem can't just hurt us for no reason. So it actually liberates us. It removes us from the feeling of avdus from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Behind the Reb Shimon and Malakish, this is why Reb Shimon and said the Shimon and It says in the Torah the word bris, nemar bris ba melach with the covenant with the salt. It says the word bris. Regarding Yisurin, it also is, a, is described as a covenant from God. When the Torah says, bring salt on the Karbonus, it says, do not destroy the covenant of the salt. So there's a sense of covenant there. By Yisurin, which is all the way at the end of the Torah. And and the end of Kisavo and Nitzavim, when Moshe promises the Jews that if they don't listen to Hashem, they're going to be punished, it says the word bris just as by salt. What's the role of salt? It doesn't taste good by, it, by itself, but it sweetens the meat. It extracts all the good flavor in the meat. That's what Yisurin do to a person's body. They extract all the flavor of sin, meaning they purge all the person from all the bad contaminations of sin, and they leave the body tasting good, that now the person is uplifted through the Yisurin. So that's the way, theoretically, we should all be on the Madriga to look at Yisurin Shalahava, that they're like salt to our Body that is being memarik the basar of our body, sweetening the taste of who we are. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Shuman by Yochai Omar, a famous Gemara. There were three great gifts. This is this is a brisa. This is Rashbi talking. There were three great gifts that were given by God to the Jewish people. We all of them came only through pain. All those three gifts we only get through pain. Where do we see this? Who praiseworthy is the person that is pained by God and from the Torah he learns. So we see a reference connection between Torah and pain. It says in Parsha Ekev that Hashem, just as there's a father who might have to rebuke his son, so too Hashem rebukes us. Ki It says right afterwards in the Pasuk that Hashem is going to bring us to Eretz Yisrael. So there's a connection there that Eretz Yisrael is Nikne through Yisurin. Or Derech Chayim So Derech Chayim means the pathway to life. The pathway to life means where do we live? We live in Olam Abba. Olam Abba should not be confused with Khan Eden. according to most Rishonim, Olam Abba means the world to come, not after life, but the world after, post the Chiyas back down on this world when we will be purged of all sin. So that Olam Abba we have to endure through all the Yisurin that we will actually get in the afterlife. Usually it's tafka the afterward. Tavka the opposite, after we die, then we go through Yisurim, and then we're Zochet to eventually in Olam back on this world. So that will come, Derech Chaim will come through to Chochos Musar through Rebuke. So these three gifts all come through Yisurim. Tani These are very, very high levels to learn these Gemara, obviously. Realize when we're not there, but someone said a, there was a price in front of Rabbi Yochanan. Anyone who does, learns Torah, and does kind deeds, the kover is bana, and buries his children. If that happens to a person that he endures the hardship of burying his children, that is assured that he has mechilas avonos for every single sin. Amar le Rabbi Yochah, bishlam atarik milas nasadeh, learning Torah and doing kind deeds. I could show you that from a pasuk. The sivin says in the pasuk in Mishlei, the Chesed, the Ms Par Avon through kindness and truth. Avon is atoned. Chesed, that's pretty simple. The one who chases down righteousness and kindness will find life. Fine. M S, the truth to Torah. A truth is a reference to Torah. You should hold on to M S and don't sell it. So that's a reference to learning Torah. And is bottom nine. Where in the world do we see that burying one's children brings about mechilas savonus? Maybe it's just a simple tragedy. So the Gummar says, Tana, playa who saviv shredded shun by akai, Atya avon." You can learn at Zer Shab of the common word of the word Avum. Ksiv Hacha, it says here in the Pasad, the Chesed, through Chasid and MS, you who avon. So sin will be ca atoned. Again through chesed and ms. But ksif awesam it says about children. Avon so that Pasek in context is talking about children who keep the sins of their parents and it says that their parents, they're punished not only for their sins, but they're punished also for their parents. If you cling to your parents' sins, you're punished like almost double. So we see the word Avon being used in the context of children. So just as Avon, by the context of chesed means that if you do Torah, you chasadim that you have in Miila so to hear by children there 's a concept of having of them. there's a way, so we homiletically are explaining that that someone who's who has Unfortunately, to bury their children will get kapharas avonos as well. So this is a real drasha because it's really taking the Pasuk out of context. The Pasuk is talking about that when children do the sin of their parents, they're punished for their parents and as well. But we're homiletically making a drosha, avon, avon, just as in regard to chesed and emes. You get mechilas avonos, so too in the context of children in general, specifically the idea of burying children, there is avon, there is a concept of mechilas avonos that can come. So that's what the Briso said in front of her Yochanan. So now Rabbi Yochanan continues and he says, Omar Rabbi Yochanan, let me tell you, there are a couple things that are just not, obviously not a sign of God's love. And if you get them, they're not Yisurin Shalahaba, they're a real punishment for something you did. Omar Rabbi Yochanan, saras, ubanim. So, ubanim pashtis means bearing your children, or might mean not having children. We'll see. Inim Yisurin Those two things are so bad, the pain is so bad, that it's not an expression of Hashem's love, it must be a punishment for something he did. So the Gemara says, "Negalim lo." What's so bad? I mean, a Taras is so bad that it can't be yisurin shalhava. But Tanya, it says in a brisa, alalo. Anyone who was one of the four shades of Taras, Enon kapara, it's like a mizbeach of atonement. So what do you see? That it's a mizbeach of atonement. It seems like it's yisurin shalhava. So the Gemara, <coughs> the Gemara answers no. Mizbeach It's a Mizbeach of atonement Yesurin shalahava lo It's not an expression of Hashem's love So what, is, what are we saying? There's two concepts. There's a concept of getting atonement for your sin If you do something very wrong, I call the Prophet who can punish you And punish you with the worst thing Even saras It could be an atonement, we're not saying it's meaningless Of course it's an atonement We're saying the concept that it's yisurin shalahava Which is you didn't do something wrong And Hashem is still putting you in pain to give you more, out of his love, to give you more schar, that it's not. Yesur and shalahava are limited to things that aren't too much pain. So Nagam, which is so bad, and that might be, has to be the only way to find meaning in it, is that you've done something wrong and Hashem is punishing you. But that would never be yesur and shalahava. Again, the very unique concept of yesur and shalahava is that it's not specific to a wrongdoing. It's just an expression of Hashem's love. So the Gemara says, is that true? Oh, fine. So Yisur Enshel Ahava, Lo Another answer. It depends if you get Saras in Eretz Yisrael or if you get it in Bava. What's the difference where you get it? Because in Eretz Yisrael, the Halacha is where it's a, the whole Halacha of the homes and the camps and the kedusha. When a person gets Saras, it totally disrupts his life in a very humiliating way. He has to leave the community. So it's so shameful to get Saras that that's not Yisur and Shal'Aba. That's too much pain. But if you're in Baalville, it's not so bad. You don't have to leave your home. There's no communities like that. You can live pretty much regular life. Okay, so you stay at home. You have to take off. I have to take a few sick days. It's not so bad. It depends if the, tzara, the spot of tzaras is on a public, uh, a visible place on your body or a private place. If it's on a public place, it's still shameful. Everyone sees the tzaras. It's so humiliating. That's not Yisrael Enshallah But if it's on a private place, then it could be Yisrael Enshallah uh-huh. Now the Gemara analyzes the other one that Rabbi Yochanan said, Rabbi Yochanan said that children are not Yisru and Ubanim lo ilam Ilamit havalu If a person had children and they died in his lifetime, that's not Yisru and That's too painful. Rabbi Yochanan didn't biyar. Rabbi Yochanan says the famous pain, Rabbi Yochanan had a horrible life. He said, I'm holding the bone of my tenth child in my hand, that he had ten children who all died. So, obviously, Rabbi Yildur wasn't punished for wrongdoing. It must be that all the pain that he had was Yisur Inshallah Hava. So we see that having children that die is Yisur Inshallah Hava. says the Gemara, One is if you don't have children at all, one is where you have children that die. So having children that die, that is Yisur in Hava. Not having children at all is worse. This is something that might be a little bit counterintuitive. I think... It's not something that we relate to as easy. But the Gemara is saying that not having children at all is worse of a pain, and that extent is not Yisur and It must be its punishment. Whereas the Gemara seems to be saying that having children that die is Yisur and That seems to be the simple interpretation of the Gemara, obviously on the most most, most superficial and surface level. Says the Gemara. Stories. Rabbi Chiyabai Abba was once very sick. Old L'Gabe Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan went to visit him. So they, it was obviously Yisurin Shalahava. There was no other meaning. He was a huge Sadiq, Rabbi Chia. So Rabbi Yochanan said to him, chav, you're enjoying these Yisurin Shalahava? Like, not enjoying them, but he needs to say to them, are you at peace? Do you like that you have them? So, no, I am not. I don't. Meaning, I, it's too much for me to deal with. I'd rather not have them or their shah. So, give So, he gives him his hand and he cures him. And this is really the concept of the Gemara that if they're an expression of Hashem's love, then they only have meaning if you want them and you feel the love. So there seems to be a concept here in the Gemara that uh, Rabbi didn't want them. And Rabbi Yochanan was able to cure him. Rabbi Yochanan was able to petition our Hu that if uh, the person doesn't want the opportunity, then don't give it to him. The Gemara now says that ironically, the same thing happened to Rabbi Yochanan. Now Rabbi Yochanan got very sick. Now Reb Khanina went to visit him so they have the exact same dialogue. Amalei, have Ibn a lack yisurin. says to Rabbi Yochanan, do, do you, are, you, are you at peace? Are you happy? Are you cherishing these yisurin that you're on, that you have right now?" So Amalei says to him, "Lo hain veloschar." No, I'm not cherishing them or the reward. I am mean, it's not worth it. So Amalei, havli adcha, give me your hand. Yavli ad, Reb Yochanan gives Reb his hand. Reb Khanina cures Rabbi Yochanan. So the Gemara asks the obvious question: Am I lokim Rabbi Yochanan afshin? Why couldn't Rabbi Yochanan cure himself? In the previous story, what happened? Reb Chiyah was cured by Reb Yochanan. So now, when the tables are reversed, and now Reb Yochanan is the one who's sick, why does he need Reb Chanina to cure him? Why can't Reb Yochanan cure himself? He obviously has the powers to take away Yeshurim. He did it for Reb Chiyah, So why can't he do it for himself? So the Gemara says a very powerful concept, which is often used as a Talmudic expression. Amri, it is said, someone in jail can't get out. And this is extremely deep. It means that if a person is within the pain themselves, they need someone else to pull themselves out. Rabbi Yochanan had the power to pull someone else out of his pain, but he couldn't bring himself out of his pain. You need someone else, which is very interesting. So sometimes you see people struggling and say, well, that person, you know, he, he's a great leader, he's a great therapist, he knows." A, but sometimes you need somebody else to help you within your own pain, you can't do it yourself. Says the Gemara, another story. Rabbi Lazar was once sick. And Rabbi Yochanan goes to visit him. He sees Rabbi Lazar in such pain, he's lying, he's depressed, he's in a dark room. So this is a famous thing about Rabbi Yochanan. All Rabbi Yochanan had extreme beauty. The Gemara in Baba Metzia describes the beauty. This is very important to understand this Gemara. This is a very esoteric Agaza. Rabbi Yochanan had extreme beauty. In fact, that's all the whole thing about Rish and Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan wanted to marry, how he converted. It was all Rabbi Yochanan's great beauty. Rabbi Yochanan was a transition of the Tanon to the Amoram. He's not that long after the Korban, And in that transition, that Dar transition, there were still people who were living in the world who were left with remnants of the beauty of the Beis HaMikdash. One of the ideas of the beauty of the Beis HaMikdash, the Gemara says, is that people had greater beauty. People looked better. One of the things is the fruits looked better, but people had much better looks. And as afterwards, there was a point in the Arab, once the Amaram came, where that was lost. Rabbi Yochanan was from the last people on earth who was still retained the beauty of the Beis HaMikdash. So Rabbi Yochanan simply pulled up his sleeve, he, revo- he revealed his arm, there was this beautiful light that was cast onto the room. Immediately, once Rabbi Yochanan did that, Rabbi Lazar burst into tears. So Rabbi Yochanan says to him, why are you crying? What is so bad? Maybe you're in pain because you feel you didn't learn enough Torah in life. So you feel insecure, you're nervous and anxious that you haven't accomplished enough in Torah that you could have. But don't be so nervous. Shanina, we learned in a Mishra Menachos, Whether you do a lot or you do a little bit, it's all about how much you tried to do, or you intended to do for Hashem. So don't be so nervous that you didn't learn as much Torah as you could have, because you tried, you did, you gave it your best. So that's not a reason to be crying. And maybe it's that you're crying because you don't have enough money. Meaning, yes, you're a big Torah scholar, but you don't have enough money and you're crying out of the pain of being poor. So he says, no, that's also, that's not a warranted cry. Not everyone is Zolcha to have two tables. Two tables means the table of Torah and the, Torah, the table of riches. Not everyone is Zolcha to have both in life. So if you're a Torah scholar and you're at peace with that, then you shouldn't be that upset about the fact that you don't have money. Maybe you're in pain because you've lost children and that's a reason to cry. He says to him, no, I hold the bone of my 10th child in my hand. So now we get the context for when Rabbi Yochanan said that. Rabbi Yochanan is saying to him, I've gone through that pain. I have the 10th child. It's a surin shalahava. That's not a reason to cry. You should accept it rather as an expression of Hashem's love. So why are you crying, Rabbi Allah? So look at what he says to him. You know why I'm crying? Because you, Rabbi Yochanan, you beautiful man, are going to have to be buried in the dirt. I'm crying because your beauty is going to go away. So Amr Lehi, he said to him, Aldo vadik That's a very good reason to cry. Ubahu bachut and they both cry together. So why is that a beautiful reason to cry? What's the vart? The vart is, is that he's crying, not for the literal beauty of Rabbi Yochanan, but they're crying about the Yeridah Adorus. They're crying about the transition from Tanoam to Amaran, which is expressed in the fact that Rabbi Yochanan's beauty is from the last standing beauty in the world. When Rabbi Yochanan is buried, that's it. Now it's going to be the regular Amoram, We don't have it, so he's crying over where we have, where society has fallen in general. That's what they're being sad about. Rabbi Yochanim says, yes, that's a warranted thing. We're losing it, and our, the world is losing it, and then that they cry together. Meanwhile, the dialogue continues. Are you enjoying? Are you cherishing the yisurin that you have? Neither them, neither their reward. Give me your hand. He gives him his hand, and he cures him. Says the Gemara, another maseh. Rav Huna once had four hundred barrels of wine that's boiled and turned into vinegar. Ol Rav Yudah. Sal Rav goes to visit him, the brother of Salah, hasid. Rav and all the rabbis. Rav other people who say who went to visit him. Rav Adar, Rabbanan. Abban, They said to him, the iron The first thing you should do, Rav Huna, is examine your deeds. Maybe you're being punished for simply for something wrong that you've done. He got very insecure. He said, What? What? I'm, I'm a bad person. You're accusing me. What did I do wrong? Uh, are you suspect of the that he doesn't have justice? Meaning, we're not accusing you. We're just, if you don't accuse you, then you're accusing God. God works with a sense of justice. When something bad happens, the first initial thought should be maybe it's punishment simply for something wrong that I've done. So, if anyone has heard anything about me, Lema, they should say it. He stands a bold statement. You name it. I don't think I've done anything wrong. said We've heard some rumors about you. You have a sharecropper and you didn't give him the portion that he was entitled to. You didn't give him as much that he deserved. You know what? This guy's stealing from me. I should pay him his portion? He steals from me. If he steals from me, he doesn't deserve his full portion. So, you know dami inchi guy's stealing after you steal from a stealer, you steal taste like a robber. Meaning yes, you're right, he stole from you. But if you steal back because he stole from you, you're still tasting the taste of theft. It's still ultimately stealing. It's not justified. Even if he stole from you, that doesn't necessarily give you the right to steal from him. So he said, I'm a I accept that I'm going to pay him his portion. There are those who say that on the spot, all of the vinegar turned immediately back to wine. Some people see the Chala, the price of vinegar shot up, and it was sold for the same price that wine would be sold. Now, the Gemara is very interesting because is that really the halacha? If somebody steals money from you and you happen to owe them money, do you still have to pay them? Is that really the halacha? He was punished for that? There's a concept in Babakam of Adam Don Dinolan Apshe. So, what's the Pshat? So, the Gemara will have to think about it. But the concept here in the Gemara is the buster after this expression of the Gemara that you taste. You, you steal from someone who stole from you, you're still tasting the time of theft. Says the Gemara. I was, I'm, I'm in pain for two things. Call Yomai my whole life. Number one is, two things that he was mitzar that he was very exacting over. One thing is that his tefillah, he was maqbid was always in front of his bed. We'll see what that means. His tefillah should be in front of his bed. And that his bed was always positioned north to south as opposed to east to west. So the Gemara clarifies, what's the shot in all of this? He was marked that the tefillah should be in front of his bed. What does it mean in front of his bed? That the, he stood and prayed right in front of his bed. In other words, right by his bedside. Actually, the most ideal position to daven is that right in front of a wall. How do we know that's the most ideal position? When chizkio was punished, chizkio didn't have the children, he was punished for it. And he wanted to daven, he turned his face to the wall and prayed. So we see that the ideal place to daven is by the wall. Now, just halakhalamayasah, that doesn't mean you have to daven by a wall. But it means if you're looking for the most ideal place, you look for a wall. You don't look for a bed. So it, it can't be that he was davka makbid to daven right by his bed. If you want to be davka be makbid to daven by something, you look for a wall. So the Gemari answer is, mitasi. It doesn't mean literally that he was trying to daven right in front of his bed. Ela ima somach close to the time that he woke up. Meaning he was makbid not to do anything from the time that he woke up until he daven. That is a very interesting thing. Rashi in Dibar Maskul Samach here says that he refrained even from learning that he felt it was wrong even to learn before he died. However, Tesis strongly disagrees that it's only a prohibition against doing work, but it is indeed permitted to study Torah before david. Says the Gemara, what was the next thing? His bed was positioned north to south as opposed to east to west. Anyone who has his bed in north and south, he has male children. What's the Pshat? Rashi explains that the Shekhinah, this is Rashi's theory, the Gemara doesn't give a reason, but Rashi's theory is that the Shekhinah is either described in the Gemara but as being in the east or the west, different expressions in the Gemara, where the Shekhinah is. So it's more uh, respectful that the Mita, which is obviously more more, more mundane things happening there, should be placed in north to south, run north to south, as opposed to east to west. So the reward is that he has Banim Zaharim, and the other thing, there will never be any miscarriage. Vietnam, that through the north to malay Vietnam. This is by um, Tamar. That when her pregnancy was full and there were twins in, 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 in her womb. So we see a full pregnancy is associated with this thing of sleeping north to south. That is the reward. One last Gemara for today. This is actually a Gemara that we're not, unfortunately, not that careful. Two people are going to pray. One guy finished. He doesn't wait for his friend. He leaves the room while his friend is still there. His tefillah is ripped up. Someone who rips up his own tefillah through himself. Does it, is it abandoned the earth? What does that mean? A person, this is a reference to a person that, uh, that leaves the room early. So when he does that, he causes his tefila to be ripped up. And he causes the tefillah to be ripped up. It's as if he's saying that the Shekhinah is only with him. God doesn't care about the other person's tefillah. God only cares about your own tefillah. Do you really think that's the truth? And the Pshat in the Gemara, very interesting Pshat. It's a big machlok as I post what the Pshat is. More, a lot of posts can understand this is the back in the times when it was dangerous to walk home alone. So if it was dangerous to walk home alone, and you're saying that I'm going home and my friend stays there, so it's such like, you know, like a, a, a disconnect from, from caring about your, your friend's safety, so then that's why you're punished. But if it's a safe time so your friend can walk home alone, then there's nothing wrong with leaving him davening alone. Some Rishonim learn that it means that you walk by your friend and you disturb him as his tefillah is still going on, and that's what it is, it's a disrespect to his tefillah. You're saying, oh, I don't care that much about his tefillah. So that one is still in the Gale, Halacha and the postgame do mention such a concept. Not to disturb your friend. Once you finish davening, if he's still davening, to respect that. And the Gemara says, He actually causes the shchino <speaking> to depart, Yisrael. Shememar yatik sor, me makomo. Sor moves from its place in sor, the rock is a reference to hakal deshbaruch, shemar, sor, yalev chateshi. Now the Gemara says, what's the positive? Don't do it. That's the negative. All the bad things that happen. If you do wait, then what happens? He gets all the following. If you only would have waited, for the mitzvos, it will be like a, a, a free flowing river of peace, and like the waves of the sea will be righteousness. Your children will be as, as, will be as abundant as the sand, and your offspring as well. So the Pasuk then guarantees you great things. If you would only wait. So the expression of waiting for your friends to fila, you get a lot of great schar. Okay. Thank you.